What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from a spaceship at the edge of the universe to a toy shop in 1920 Soho and everywhere in between. That's right, more Doctor Who references. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Holler. What's up, Steve? Well, what's up is me not understanding the Doctor Who references. So here we are. Yeah, man. I know. Um, I have completed watching all three of the 60th anniversary Doctor Who specials. There's three? Um, There's three. And the fourth one is going to be the annual, I guess it's not annual, but the traditional Doctor Who Christmas episode. Okay. Which will be the first full yep. episode to feature Nakuti Gatwa as the oh, 15th yeah. this, Doctor. This was the in-between with Tenet, right? Yep. 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 Okay, gotcha. And Catherine Tate as uh, his uh, companion, Donna Noble. All three of them were excellent. I have to say, I know I raved about it again last week, but especially this third episode featured um, Neil Patrick Harris as a hmm. villain called the Toymaker, which apparently had only made one appearance in the like the first season of Doctor Who ever or second maybe i don't know it was the first doctor weird and um they uh brought him back he was neil patrick Harris was very good that's him, expected uh, and him facing off against tenet was excellent excellent television again any anyone in, out there that's listening to this that was like me that for a while was in love with doctor who and then fell off during what some people have called a decline in quality or whatever uh now is the time to get back into it. these specials. Again, just reminded both me and my wife how much we love Doctor Who, why we love it so much. And I thought of a cool way to describe it. I know I'm jumping in right, right yeah. off the bat. We haven't even Fire done the away, business man. or the rundown for you or anything. But um, uh, any kind of sci-fi series or show has to like set its own r- rules for like its universe, yeah. right? Um. Doctor Who is a show that will set those rules, but then kind of do whatever it can to figure out a way to break those rules um, to dramatic effect. Okay. And it's kind of like the, you know, like it'll say something like, oh, this is impossible. This can never happen. But then the rest of the episode is figuring out how that impossible thing happened. Right. Or bigger, like bigger plot points about like, um, oh, this character lost their memory and they can never know anything about the Doctor or the TARDIS ever again. But, oh, well, let's figure out a way to make that not happen so that character can come back. You know, it's, and it's, right. it's part of the fun is watching it. It's like the writers of Doctor Who set themselves in front of like a room full of laser beams and they're trying to steal the thing at the end of the <laughs> their goal is to get to the other end of the room. Okay and steal their prize and the fun is watching them jump over all those laser beams in order to explain their way there or figure out a clever way to get there and it's just that's part of the the fun of that show it's almost like it sounds almost comic booky but not in the shitty mcu way yes yeah that's a good way to put it like and because it's been doing this for so long it's like yeah because it doesn't do the things where it's like oh this person's dead oh but don't worry about it now they're coming back like that like comic booky stuff is like what you're talking about referencing there like because it's a weird time travel-y science fiction-y show right they're just like well what weird idea can we introduce that will negate this other one or get us around this other one Mm -hmm. it's just like they they always write themselves into corners and dance their way out of it in ways that are that are always fun to watch. Nice. So, uh, Doctor Who people, get back in there, Whovians. Now is your now is your time. And uh, the for, the Christmas special 
uh, will be on Christmas Day, I believe, on Disney Plus. Oh, as there well. you go. So, yeah, I was, I was playing um, around on Disney yeah. Plus this uh, this week too. Finally saw yeah. Dial of Destiny last night. Oh yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones and the indeed Dial of Destiny. And what it did was, you think? It was a perfectly fine Indiana Jones movie. It's a per- that's exactly how I feel. It's a perfectly fine Indiana Jones movie. The you mentioning the timey wimey shit made me think of it. And sure, because for anyone who hasn't seen it, there's some timey wimey things some going on. Timey wimey shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, when that when that all went down, I'm like, oh, we're going into the the you know, yeah. crystal skull feel. And then it's like, oh, they pulled the ship around. Okay, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, not. It doesn't yeah, weird. It doesn't, but not yeah beyond like it was yeah, enough weird to fit with the indiana jones like we're i agree yeah and it's a more like history tied to you know so like right. that kind of made sense for the character uh, that's how i feel i i am looking forward to watching it again my wife wants to watch it and now mm-hmm. that it's on uh streaming we're gonna sit down some night probably this month and watch yeah. it i i can see i agree that like you said it's perfectly fine i can i can agree i can see myself I liked it a lot when I saw it. I can yeah. see myself liking it more and more the more that I revisit it. Whereas Crystal Skull, I've revisited actually twice, probably in the last year, which and is it keeps remarkable. getting worse. Um, I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't say it keeps getting worse because it actually rose a bit in my estimation. Yeah. But because okay. I feel like I think the first hour. I probably said this before on this podcast, so I'm sorry yeah. I'm repeating myself. But the first hour of Crystal Skull is pretty good. Yeah. Indiana Jones movie. Then the second hour just really slides off the rails downhill for me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some people out there that don't feel that way that love it somewhere. I don't know. But um uh so yeah, Crystal Skull hits depths that Dial of Destiny doesn't get anywhere near for me. No, for Dial me. of Destiny's whole thing felt very in line with him talking to a ghost about the freaking uh come on, Holy Grail. Yeah, about the Grail. Like And those are the things that you do have to keep in mind. Like right. there's we hold those precedent. first three on some pedestal. Yeah. Where there's insane things that happen in all three of those first movies. Oh, 100%. So, like, really, who's to say that Face aliens melting from the Ark of the Indiana Covenant? Jones movie? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A guy gets his heart ripped out of his chest and keeps living <laughs> while the heart beats in a person's hand. Like, we see that physically happen. So, scared me for life. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Uh, it, it's we draw that line as fans for some reason we're like no aliens is too far or whatever you know but like right but why i don't know why it's just it's it's about a feeling and i can't i think i can't believe though like aliens would have been fine if they'd have not made a shitty movie about aliens like (laughs) if they hadn't have gone from find indiana jones to what the hell are we doing here and then add aliens at the end of it you're like huh yeah and like if they had been more vague about it right instead of just showing aliens and a giant flying saucer taking off at the end like that was a little too much like just hint at it don't right. actually like i don't know but then again like they certainly don't hint at a man getting his heart ripped out of his chest <laughs> you know like that really no, that happens quite early know. in the movie like, too <laughs> is it a thing that it needs to be religious like religious artifacts that make more sense for indiana jones for us is that part well, of the no, problem like archimedes isn't anything tied into that well, Which I know, but I I'm did... saying like I'm 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 thinking about those okay, first three like why, compared to the new the two newer the ones. Way it did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and like might be might be because there's like, some. Why why do we draw that line there? Is it a religious? But 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 also I... like Temple of Doom, those stones aren't like they're not Christian. I don't know if they're based on any um, Indian rich like religions, right. but they're certainly not Christian maybe, based. Maybe it's the like tied in the familiar 
type thing, like supernatural yeah. tied to the familiar versus yeah. like, oh, it's aliens. Like, yeah, it made right. no sense. Supernatural with earthbound origins. Yeah. Maybe. But I, I did have a couple of other takeaways from that. For one, um, the sheer number of times they mentioned Syracuse is mildly hilarious. Yeah, I loved it. And you should, dude, for two, should have been in the theater. Should have been in the theater where they mentioned Syracuse in the beginning. Oh, it was yeah. like applause. That's <gasps> <laughs> great. The, yeah. the second, Woo, why? Like, I've been wondering this since I found out years ago that Archimedes was from Syracuse, Sicily. Like, mm-hmm. why don't we lean into that around here at all? I don't know. We should. Like, That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Why not? But yeah. no, we don't. We should. Yeah. You know Build what else? A statue. You know what else ties into Syracuse? What? A convention that's going to be happening in Syracuse in March of this year, next year. That's right. Let's do some business. Let's talk about, stop talking about nerd stuff for a second. Let's talk about some business, <laughs> business nerd, nerd stuff. stuff <laughs> yeah. Which normally we would have talked about five minutes ago, <laughs> five to 10 minutes ago already. Oh, we're at nine um, minutes already. So, yeah. Oh, all right, yeah. Uh, Syracuse Collectors Con, happening March 16th, 16th and 17th? 17th. 16th and 17th, New York State Fairgrounds, um, featuring me and us. Yes. Me as a comic book writer and me and Steve as a uh, podcast. We'll each have a booth there. Again, not sure how I'm going to make that work, <laughs> but going to figure it hey, out. Hey, friends of ours that are listening to this, we'll be reaching out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also come see us, come say hi, um, uh, buy a comic book from me or say something on a live podcast. Who knows? We don't really know what the podcast plan is for that, but we'll, uh, we'll be doing something for sure. Absolutely. Um, hopefully, hopefully snagging some interviews, hopefully, uh, uh, I don't know, doing at least some live recordings. Yeah. If you're listening to this and don't care about seeing us, there's also going to be a ton of other folks there, including Syracuse's own Steve Orlando. So that's true. There's uh, a, yeah. there's a lot of, lot of nerd draws uh, yeah. in the area. And, artist, yeah. uh, comic artist, Matt Flint will be there as well. Um, I believe a bunch of power Rangers will there's, be there. There seems power to Rangers be reunion. What we've learned on the, uh, the recent con circuit is there's always power Rangers everywhere. And fans of power Rangers. Yeah. Which I didn't yeah. know. Cause I think, I think the original mighty Morphin when it came to the U S was like, just past us growing up yeah same yeah we've mentioned that before yeah. i think yeah so we weren't really into it but um yeah so uh get ready for that and be excited one of the sponsors of syracuse collectors con is funky town comics who also is a sponsor of this very podcast um, another beautiful segue sir and one of the things they uh do for us is set us up uh with some cool interviews like the one we did with simon burks author of current ongoing series at image and top cow antarctica you can pick up the first five issues of right now. The trade of is coming out in February and you can listen to our conversation with Simon Burks about his writing process, about the future of the series Antarctica and about why representation is so important to him in comics, specifically transgendered representation. You can listen to all of that stuff in our talk with him, which is in your feeds right now, both YouTube and podcast feed. It was a good time. And um, I'm not ready to, announce or anything quite yet but we do have a line on a couple more interviews Mm -hmm. with some comic creators which will hopefully be happening in early 2024 uh we don't have dates yet but if you are listening to this and you are a fan of uh comic books you should be excited about both of them absolutely i am we've talked about both of these creators extensively on this pod so yeah i'm excited about both of them 
very nervous about one of them i have to say <laughs> i'm sure steve knows which one i'm talking yep. about but like you can hear this little uh twittering in my voice right now is because i am nervous about that one <laughs> we'll hold, because we'll hold of the, the reverence that i hold this person in it's gonna be i don't know how i'm gonna do it i don't know how i'm gonna do it but we'll figure it out figure it out anyway very exciting stuff uh stay tuned for more information on that uh your local multiverse report podcast moving into some actual news now that we already spent We've been podcasting for, what, close to 15 minutes? We've already talked about Doctor Who and Indiana Jones extensively. Right, and we still haven't even started the real podcast. We haven't even started our actual rundown, which starts this week in the DC Universe as we have another casting announcement. Not necessarily for Superman Legacy. Not necessarily for... It's my uh, phone. Remember I told you that alarm wasn't going to go off? I right. didn't do anything about it. Elf has it, moved. It just went off. We're good. The elf has been moved, yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I was I, I was I feel like what? I was making a beautiful uh, segue into the story, and I don't remember what it was. But anyway, were, but I'm pretty sure this guy could play an elf. He's played just about everything else, and could very easily motion capture someone way smaller than him. For sure, Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn has been cast as Maxwell Lord in the DC universe. <laughs> just a blanket blanket in. casting. Maxwell Lord in the DC Universe. This is not specific to Superman Legacy or Creature Commandos or Waller or Peacemaker Season 2 or Brave and the Bold or any of those projects we've heard about. This is just, he'll be playing Maxwell Lord in, uh, what can I assume, it would be multiple projects within the DC Universe. Sean Gunn is the brother of James Gunn. Um, he's appeared in many of James Gunn's films, including, you may know him from, the role of Craglin in the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Craglin is the uh, member of the Ravagers that inherits Yondu's mohawk and uh, whistle-controlled Deadly Arrow. Uh, he also did the motion capture for Rocket Raccoon in those movies. He was also uh, did the motion capture for the character of Weasel in The Suicide Squad and also had a very uh, cameo in The Suicide Squad of Calendar Man. What's in, that? Uh, uh, one Calvary of the guys who prison. died right off the bat. No, he was just in the background of the prison early oh, on. Like sweet. when Waller's rounding up the team, he like shouts something at Peacemaker or something. Um, he's got like the months tattooed around his head like Calendar Man does. Um, I, I love, I, like, Cal where the hell did Calendar Man come from? Sorry to derail us, but like. No, I think he was like a weird, one of those weird Silver Age villains that just were like. Yeah, you 1958. Know, more quirky and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but then he was brought back and made pretty creepy in um, the Long Halloween, Batman Long Halloween. Yeah. And its sequel, Dark Victory, um, he was kind of given his own little gritty reboot. And largely left alone since then, I think. But he was like a real, kind of like, a, almost like a Hannibal Lecter kind of figure in those books where like Batman has to go talk to him in Arkham and get information from him. Hmm. Um, so uh, it's cool. Anyway. Sorry to digress. Um, but... No, that's fine. He's also in uh, Super and Tromeo and Juliet, other movies by James Gunn. But uh, Sean Gunn's also appeared in TV shows like The Good Doctor, Gilmore Girls, The Rookie, and Robot Chicken. So I have a question for you. Hit me with that question, Steve. You said that Sean Gunn is cast as Maxwell Lord. My question to you yes. is, who in the utter hell is Maxwell Lord? Well, Steve, <laughs> Maxwell Lord. you're the guy to tell me. 
Max Lord was created by Keith Giffen, J.M. DeMatisse, and Kevin McGuire. Uh, it was first appeared in 1987's Justice League number one. It was a reboot of the Justice League book. He was originally introduced, uh, he's like a billionaire businessman guy. He was introduced as going to be like a new uh, financier of the uh, the new version of the Justice League of America. Uh, he went on to found the Justice League International, which had its own run uh, to wide acclaim. It's a lot of people's favorite run of Justice League. Uh, he was originally introduced as, you know, like a founder or someone that's going to help out uh, the team. Eventually was turned into a villain. I think there was like a twist somewhere along the line when you're like, oh, he's been behind this the whole time or whatever. I don't know if that was the original intention of the character, but someone came along and turned him into a villain. Uh, became a villain for the Justice League, but also for Wonder Woman specifically. If you saw Wonder Woman 1984, you may remember that Pedro Pascal played Maxwell Lord in that movie. Um, eventually the character was given superpowers and had some kind of like mind control powers, but it like affected him in a way. And that's kind of what Wonder Woman 1984 was doing that like wish stone thing where he was able, by the end of the movie, he was like reading, it's like he, he was the one granting wishes or something. It was kind of like their play on it. Like that movie is messy in a lot of ways, but I, I, I like Pedro Pascal as that character a lot, but clearly they're not moving forward with that version of it. Cause that movie was a little wacky. Um, uh, so yeah, that's Maxwell Lord. He has famously, at one point, murdered Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, okay. and at one point was murdered himself by Wonder Woman in a controversial move. Uh, and I hope that if they're introducing that character, they're not going to just rush to the murdered by Wonder Woman plot point. It seems like it would be kind of a waste. Um, like we said, it's not clear if this character is going to appear in Superman Legacy. Deadline is reporting that he will at least be referenced in Superman Legacy before appearing elsewhere down the line, and that this is a strategy that is reportedly going to be utilized for a number of characters as they are introduced in James Gunn's DCU. So I kind of like this idea. It's like a, a, a less ham-fisted way of building a universe, like yeah. you know, casual references to characters and not... We're going to write a whole scene for this one character to be introduced, even though it makes the rest of the movie feel clunky and clearly feels like a deleted scene doesn't need to be there because we just need to squeeze in this one character. Look at you, Marvel. Um, no, uh, but yeah, that. we'll see how this goes. If he, you know, we don't know if he's going to physically appear in Superman Legacy or if they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, I saw Maxwell Lord on TV the other day talking, you know, whatever. Yeah, but how many billionaire philanthropists do you guys need? Uh, DC's got a lot, say, as we, does Marvel. Yeah. Uh, comics, comics love a billionaire, um, good guy or bad guy. True, you know. Um, I feel like I feel like DC leans onto that a lot more than Marvel does. You think so? Uh, villainous, I guess. I can't think of a Batman. Who's like a? Is there a Marvel villain that is his defining characteristic is a being a billionaire? Not really, outside of like. Maybe the like stain and that sort of like Iron Man counterparts, yeah, fighting money with money, I guess. Yeah, Iron Man, Iron Man's full of billionaires, right? But beyond that, but you're right, yeah, not I can't a whole really hell of a lot. Yeah, cause it's not like it's not like Steve Rogers is a secret billionaire or anything like that, or right? I mean, they might be yeah. after the fact, but like, I mean, I'm sure like Doctor Doom 
owns an entire country, so I'm sure he's rolling in some money. Right. Or hoarding it, you know. Oh, uh, you yeah. got your Norman Osborn. He's got to be a billionaire by now. I mean, like, Black Panther, Namor, oh, like, yeah, they control, they control, entire, yeah. much like they Doom, control they countries. control entire countries. <laughs> they control entire so, economies, yeah. Wilson Fisk, maybe? Like... Depending on the run, I feel like maybe for Fisk. Right. Like but Rich, yeah, I can Richards see with like the Future Foundation and all that sort of stuff, maybe. Okay. Hell, well, Hellfire Gala. Like, all right. Sebastian Shaw, Frost type situation, maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there's a good amount. Yeah. There's a good amount. Um, but it's not really. But yeah, like, a lot of, none lot of them of it seems to be their ones. defining characteristic where it's like. Yeah. Seems like Batman. There's other things and, to mention. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, Lex Luthor, oh, yeah, he's an evil billionaire. Right. Maxwell Lord, oh, he's an evil billionaire. Well, I'll, like, when Deadline broke this story, they referred to him as Sean Gunn cast as villain Maxwell Lord, and James Gunn immediately, like, retweeted the article and said, this is true, but calling Maxwell Lord a villain is a little reductive because he's a lot, he's, like, a multi-layered right. character. So it may be that James Gunn is not necessarily looking to use him as a villain right out of the gate mm-hmm. and might, you know, mirror the comics a little bit more and have him be, like, a financier or associates or helpful contributor or whatever to the justice league's um, mission. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see Sean Gunn. I mean, he's a good actor for sure, but you know, I guess we don't know. Cause we don't know how Maxwell Lord isn't necessarily, he's not an A-lister for DC. Um, and you know, I've never seen Sean Gunn in, like uh, you know, the Good Doctor or Gilmore Gilmore Girls or anything. So I associate James Gun. I so I associate Sean Gunn with more, you know, characters that are more on the goofy side, like Craglin or Weasel. You know, yeah. who's just a motion capture lunatic. Um, so it'll be interesting to see him play someone that is more more of a dramatic, uh, like likely more of a dramatic role, and possibly even a villain eventually. Um. So, I mean, we knew that Sean Gunn was going to be somewhere. You know, yeah. he is clearly, he's one of James Gunn's guys. Right. Well, it's like, where's Michael Rooker going to end up? <laughs> That's a big question is, where's Michael Rooker? Yeah. Is he going to be Perry White? Is he going to be Jor-El? Like, where's Rooker? I, he'd be Jor-El, a good Perry White. I believe. Yeah, I don't know latest, if he'd be a great The latest Jor-El. scuttlebutt on Jor-El was, uh, what, Russell? Kurt Russell, yeah. yeah the Fresh the off of about, Monarch. <laughs> yeah. Rumors about Kurt Russell being... Um, Jorel and he someone asked him about it and he said yeah I'll take on Marlon Brando basically like <laughs> which honestly uh, an answer like that made me think it's not necessarily true because normally if someone's already like in talks they'll be like well you never know it would sound it would sound good but like he went straight for like comparing himself to Marlon Brando which I don't know you never know yeah. I, I he would be a good Jorel I think Russell would be a good Kurt Russell would be a good Jorel I think uh Nathan Fillion will uh return as something actual this time he's already been cast remember he's um guy gardner green lantern oh yeah i forgot about that yeah Holy hell. he's our, and and again guy gardner a big part of the justice league international run so yeah. maybe we're seeing james gunn starting to put the pieces together to base something around uh jli who knows who knows yeah um i do think sean gunn is voicing weasel in creature commandos commandos too yeah, and he sense. did have that. What's that? So that would make sense. Makes sense. And he did have the cameo as Calendar Man. So this could be a thing where, you know, like a Jason Momoa Aquaman, but now he's 
going to be Lobo kind of thing. Like, right. You know, well, and he, but, they uh, did say that like they may use the same actors, but not in the same roles yeah. or that sort of thing. Like, right. That it's a fresh, fresh casting yeah. thing. So. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. Look at me staying intrigued instead of you um, stealing your line. You're going to mispronounce a name later on in this episode. 100%. Um, uh, I'm intrigued by Maxwell Lord being a part of the new DCU, um, but also excited because although he was in Wonder Woman 1984, he is certainly a character that's underutilized in uh, adaptations outside of comics. So we shall see. That's not the only DC news we got this week. We got a new trailer and finally, finally a release date for a video game called Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. We haven't talked about this game in a long time, but we did talk about it after it was announced. It was announced in August 2020. Long time ago. Long time ago. Just got pushed back, kept getting pushed back a number of times. It's finally coming out February 2nd, 2024. So, Groundhog Day. Be on the lookout. Um, uh, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. You can play as either Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, or King Shark. And the Suicide Squad is tasked with taking out a Justice League whose minds have been taken over and are being controlled by Brainiac, who is invading the planet. So this new trailer... It's a lot of uh, gameplay, a lot of action shots. I feel like we've already had like two trailers for this game because it was supposed to come out like two years ago um, and kept getting pushed. So it doesn't really show you a ton of new stuff. It's just kind of a lot of action beats and stuff, which is cool. It makes me want to play it. Reminds me of how cool I thought it looked the first time I saw a trailer for it. Um, but yeah, it looks like you have to take out Flash, Green Lantern, Superman. It's like maybe Wonder Woman has avoided it, uh, according to the trailer, or avoided being taken over by Brainiac. but. Uh, looks like a number of um, uh, superhero fights. Uh, the game is set in the Batman Arkham universe. It's from the Rocksteady studio Rocksteady, which is the same studio that made the Batman Arkham games. It takes place five years after the final Arkham game, Arkham Knight, and features Kevin Conroy's final performance as the voice of Batman. So um i am in the bag for this game i'm 100 percent gonna buy this i'm gonna play it like crazy uh, i love a dc game especially if it's connected to the arkham games i'm down i'm excited to be able to play as king shark that sounds like a lot of fun um steve where do you fall on a suicide squad kills his justice league game i mean if it's fun then i'm all in yeah like if it's a well-made game then sure i'm i'll i'll hit it up why not why not why not um you gotta think i mean they haven't i haven't really looked into this too much but i mean you gotta think it just kept getting pushed back so they could make it a better game right one one would think or like finish it properly like i don't mind as we'll talk about at the very end of this show i don't mind waiting for something if it's going to make it better right i'd rather have it not be rushed you know Mm -hmm. for whatever reason so finally coming out after being announced over three years ago (laughs) we got A release date, February 2nd, 2024, for Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. But that is not, not the only video game news we have to talk about tonight, Steve, is it? No, it's kind of weird because we still haven't heard anything on another Marvel video game that I believe both of us are very hotly anticipating. But The um, Wolverine game? Yes. You're uh, speaking of the Wolverine game. Yes. Yeah. So Insomniac has been pretty mute on that. 
Uh, I would love one single update on that game. Yeah, anything. Like, I'm so excited for that. I would love one. Hey, we're still working on it. Yeah. That, here's here's one still. Here's one still right. of Wolverine from that game. That's all I want. That 21 picture of him. Trailer like teaser similar to what got released for what we're about to talk about uh yeah. had me so hyped for that game because it so felt hyped. like it it literally just yep. felt like Wolverine and you're like, "Oh, okay. This yeah. is going to be good." And it's Insomniac yeah. and the the Spidey games and um, confirmed that it takes place in the same universe as those Spider-Man games yep. apparently. So, which yeah. I still not have played, still have not played Spider Man two. Very excited too. Hopefully, I'm going to get it for Christmas and spend uh, Christmas break swinging around New York City. Oh, it's fun. Do it up. So uh, I hope to. We uh, to. well, we heard about the Wolverine game. We have now heard, uh, and I, I'm relatively excited about this that there will now be a Blade video game. Yeah, uh, made by Arcane Lion and Bethesda. So no release date yet, but uh, the teaser trailer did drop. Uh, no real gameplay. Um, yeah, too but, way way too early out for any gameplay, obviously. But yeah, the uh, uh, the teaser trailer of a very very nervous barber. <laughs> yeah, giving uh, giving a daywalker a a little bit of a, a cut up. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta tighten those lines up to go and kill vampires and like yeah, did a it it looks I, I mean it's a cutscene, but it's like oh yeah this could be really fun it could be really fun and i think that blade is a really solid choice for a video game character mm-hmm. similar to like the spider-man games incredible mm-hmm. right so fun you feel like you're really swinging through new york city it feels like spider-man What's a character that's vastly different from Spider-Man, but we could still make, but is still a great game, char- like a, a character that can carry a great game, Wolverine. Let's make an awesome Wolverine game. Yep. What's a character that's different from Spider-Man and different from Wolverine enough to carry its own game? Blade. Right. I think Blade is going to be probably darker, probably scarier, maybe a little more violent. You're fighting vampires in Paris. It's mm-hmm. going to feel different. I feel like this um, is going to feel a lot power more set, different villains. Yeah, I think it's going to feel a lot more like the Arkham games than like a Spider. Sure. Um, yeah. Darker tone, uh, very street level, like uh, outside of being awesome at what he does. It's not like there's going to be crazy, you know, special abilities and web slinging and things from Blade. So right. it's like, yeah. do you have a sword? Okay, go kill things with a sword. Right. I think like street level settings. Yep. Supernatural villains. Yes. Uh for sure. Um uh yeah, I'm really excited about it. The uh, official description of the game says in Marvel's Blade, Eric Brooks is the legendary daywalker, half man, half vampire, torn between the warm society of the living and the rushing powers of the undead, a mature single player third person game set in the heart of Paris. Which is another way that will set it apart. This is not going to be taking place in New York City or uh, presumably Canada or Madripoor <laughs> or ever. Actually, yeah, Wolverine that trailer for Wolverine did look very Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. He could be uh, traveling the globe in that game. He could does do that quite a bit. Japan so. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I'm all in for a Blade game. Like It's not Insomniac, but um, I'm all in. It'll be interested to see. I will be interested to see if this 
game. They, if they announce that this game also takes place within the same universe as those other games. Yeah. Um, yeah, even with it, even I'll, with it being a different developer, I'd be curious. Yeah. But also, like, why do I care about that? Like, yeah, I don't know that I want, like, an Avengers-style team-up video game, unless you can make it great. If you can make an Avengers... They, they tried to make an Avengers game that sure. wasn't. That was make an Avengers game me- that sucks less. Uh, it was like the most mediocre middling game of yeah, all time. Hundred <laughs> percent. I feel like, um, but I guess if you can make a if you can make an Avengers game that feels as great as the Spider Man games feel playing them, then yeah, make that game. Uh, you know and what make that's it called? With these characters. That's called the Guardians game. Yeah, that game is awesome. Yeah, I right. got to get back to that. I played about half of it and same. I, got distracted and <laughs> I did the so exact good, same though. thing yep it's so fun so fun um that game is underrated if you're looking for a fun anyone out there is looking for a fun marvel or superhero related game get the guardians of the galaxy game that yeah. came out last year right yeah, 2000 last year or two years ago maybe might have been like yeah, end yeah. of 21 but very they they did the team up thing but they did it right like each each yeah. character feels unique each character isn't rushed and it's very it, it feels like it belongs as a team up movie or a game. Yeah. And it's also like they found the right line between the versions of those characters from the movies versus yeah. uh change them up a little bit to like make them clearly not like Star Lord is not Chris Pratt, but they're like right on the line where there's like enough of the Chris Pratt version to make you feels familiar. feel like it is. Yeah. Feels familiar, exactly. But I, and I feel like that's where the Avengers game stumbled quite yeah. a bit. It's like they kind of wanted you to think of the movies, but they didn't really make write the characters that way or design the characters that way. <laughs> yeah, all. I guess so. that was the thing with with the Guardians was it made it 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 wrote the characters well enough so that they had they had the movie DNA but also were able to stand alone for people that either didn't care about the movies or like were comic fans. Yeah. Like, it was still true to Felt the original, original source, but yeah, didn't like isolate you from the, the movies. Like it seemed like Avengers kind of did. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, see, this is, a, that's the most we've talked about video games on the show in a long time. Yeah. Longest video game conversation, quite, quite some time. Well, Steve, if there was know, one we rant about uh, Kotor for a while at one point. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Uh, if Steve, if there was one comic book character that you'd want to play a video game of, is that I'm not phrasing that question very well. Uh, they're making a video game. It's going to be based on a comic book character that you choose. Okay. You want you want to play a video game based on this character? What character are you picking, Steve? Go. I mean, they're making it. We already we'll talked hurry. about this. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Can't be any of the ones that already exist or are already being made. For pure, like. I mean, when I say it can't maybe. be already exist, like you can say make a new Batman game. Yeah, like right. of course, you know, yeah. That's it's actually it's weirdly tough. Like maybe maybe make a true new X Men game that we haven't seen in a while. I know it's rote for me to yeah. mention that, but like we've seen the Spidey stuff. Fantastic Four we've talked about doesn't really ring any like it doesn't 
kind of yeah. hit any notes at this point. Sorry if Mike Held is listening. I know he's a diehard Fantastic Four guy, but um, like maybe like a classic Uncanny, but really lean into it and bring yeah. it to the forefront and upgrade it type thing. I mean, Moon Knight would be a fun game, but it'd be very Ooh. much in the vein of what we're talking about with the... I was trying to think of something that wouldn't be just a reskin of Spidey or Wolverine or Blade yeah. or whatever, you know what I mean? And, yep. like, Daredevil would be awesome, but that's the Blade game. Yeah. Like... Daredevil would be... Well, Daredevil would be, like, a combination of the Spider-Man game and uh, yeah, the Blade game, kind of, you know? And that, like, Daredevil... Yeah, that... I could see Daredevil being cool. I could see Daredevil being more like the Arkham games. That would yeah. be cool. yeah. Yeah, that's because I'm, I'm trying to give you what went through my head in that like five five seconds of like went through. Yeah, I'm like yeah. Daredevil. No, that wouldn't be that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Moon Knight and Daredevil were the first two that came to my brain, and those were mm -hmm. out. So, I you know Deadpool would be fun if we're talking about uh, the Suicide Squad. They game. made a they made a pretty fun Deadpool game like ten years ago or something. I have it oh, for yeah. like P I bought it for PS3. It was a lot of fun. Nice. I, it was it was button mashy. Oh yeah, but um, they definitely like got the character. Right. Like, it was. It could be a nice fun was, turn your brain off type. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it was. Um, but yeah, I can see them developing a better Deadpool game for sure. I would say there's a long running um, rumored curse about trying to make a Superman game because they every time they made a Superman game, it has been bad. I would love a good Superman game. Like, give it to Rocksteady or, you know, right. a, a, pro, a Insomniac, like a studio that is proven to be able to make good superhero games and give me a Superman game where I don't have to earn points in order to fly <laughs> or right. whatever, like, dumb shit like that. Like, huh. just I have figure a, it out. I have an even more outside the box for you. Instead of the What's Superman that? game where you're going to lean into eventual disappointment because they'll find a way to screw it up. Uh, Invincible. Ooh, that'd be cool. Like, same feel, but different take on it. Yeah, you're right. Like, that'd be hmm. nice. And which I still haven't seen season two yet, which I... I'm no, me I keep forgetting that's even out. Oh, every, like every time we yeah. talk, I'm like, I need to watch this. And then I go back to my TV and I'm like, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah. Same. Same thing with Rings of um, Power. It's out, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's still a show. Or wait, not Rings, what, of Rings of Power. Uh, no, no, uh, Wheel of Time. There we go. Oh, okay. Sorry, wrong <laughs> fantasy. I was like, yep. are you telling me that Rings of Power is out and we haven't talked about it on this show? No, like, I'm, where are the trailers? I'm getting confused like, what? Because I'm We're terrible at this. I'm currently reading through The Hobbit with my son and rereading re re the trilogy uh, like oh, on my cool. time. So it's like I'm, my brain is all Lord of the Rings right now. <laughs> so... Wow, Rings okay. of Power was like okay, nice. So nice. Yeah, we're, we're um, uh, the 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 Hobbit's going well actually. He's really enjoying it. So, uh, my son really likes the Hobbit as well. Um, we got about halfway through, and then we just paused for a while. Like we felt like he wanted to read other stuff or yeah. whatever. But we did a little bit more recently. That's... We're in like the Black Forest right now, or in like Mirkwood or wherever that yep. is, where that's spiders and stuff, and that's like pretty intense oh yeah <laughs> for a little kid like he's nervous yeah. <laughs> while we're reading it so bilbo, taking, little, taking it slow bilbo taking just slow. revealed uh like um they just got to the other side of the misty mountains 
and ah. just had just finished the Gollum scene and all that. Yeah. So uh yeah. he's he was all in after that. He's like, Oh yeah, this is great. Yeah, so. it is great. It's really it's great and it's really fun reading it to my son. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. I'm sure you have the same yep. yeah, a lot of fun. Um, I would say uh in answer to the question I asked you ten minutes ago, <laughs> I would say um an Aquaman game would be really cool. Okay. Like give me like diving down deep in the ocean and fighting weird sea monsters and shit. Like that'd be right. a lot of fun. At the same time, there could be a level where you do go to land or whatever. And like, I think that'd be uh cool visually, you right. know, something different visually. Uh, and I had another one and I forgot what it was. Well, this isn't a superhero, but it's, is it insane that there's never been an Indiana Jones video game? There should be an Indiana Jones. I think there was open for the SNES, but yeah, modern as far as there should like be a modern, modern open world Indiana Jones game. Like I know they have like the Uncharted series, which is basically like modern Indiana Jones. Yeah. But like, whatever, I don't care. Give me an Indiana Jones, but it's set in 1947 or whatever, and that'd be awesome. Oh, hey, it'd be so cool. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you knew this, but um, Bethesda is making a new Indiana Jones game. No, they're not. Uh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, okay. Look at that. Uh, Indiana <laughs> Jones game for Xbox Series X. Oh, there you go. Well, we can't play it anyways, but... Uh, Xbox, come on, de- Bethesda. In development at Machine Games, studio responsible for Wolfenstein. So, yeah. Come I mean, Bethesda, Bethesda is tied into Microsoft and whatnot, so... So, yeah. Come on, Bethesda. That's bullshit. Eventually, it'll show up at uh, on the PlayStation, maybe ish. Hopefully, yeah. and they also announced a Wonder Woman game a really long time since on that. I would love to hear an update on the Wonder Woman game. Yeah, because that'd be dope. I'm just hoping that's like God of War, but with Wonder Woman. It's what I really want that game to be. Yeah, that'd like be some, like cool. visceral. I'm I'm assuming that would be giant. cool. I've never played a God of War game. I've only played like uh, bits and pieces. I've never yeah. played an entire game, but it's just like jumping on giant monsters and fighting them till they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be dope if you were doing that with Wonder Woman. That'd be great. And I mean, yeah, there's there's definitely, uh, I guess, you know, past his precedent. So, yeah. Anyway, you know, they could probably. What were we talking about that... before we started talking about all these other video game tangents? What were we you, talking about? I don't know. Oh, you know what? That's what they should do. A Nightwing game that isn't Gotham Knights and sucks less. Hey, I liked Gotham Knights. Did you play I, Gotham Knights? I didn't. From what I've played, I haven't disliked it, but it hasn't been yeah. like enough to be like, all right, I need to keep playing this. It's definitely not the best. Right. I think I liked it because I liked playing as those characters because I love those characters. Right. Um. So I thought it was fun. But yeah, I agree. I didn't love it, love it. But I did. I'm like, ooh, I'm Nightwing and I'm running around. But I, I agree. If there was like a, like an Arkham City level mm-hmm. game featuring those characters, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, and it was pretty good. I, I liked, I liked it more as it, like I got used to it. Like it was a little wonky the gameplay, so it was a little different than I expected it to be because I thought it was gonna be closer to the Arkham stuff, and then it was a little different. But I ended up liking it quite a bit, but not oh. as much as the Arkham stuff. I'll throw one so, more out there for you. Hit me. The Tick. Oh my god! I would play <laughs> Tick video game until I died. Hell yeah! Oh god! That'd Hell yeah! Uh, Swamp Thing game? Mm. 
That might be a little, I mean, wild. Or like, you know, on the other side, Werewolf by Night or Man Thing. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Or, yeah, give me like a whole like Justice League Dark game with like you can right. switch between Constantine and Zatanna and Dead Man or whatever and Swamp Thing. That'd be cool. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be cool. You know what that um, uh, supernatural kind of twinge brings us back to? The thing that we were talking about before we did a huge video game tangent? Yeah, well, we talked about the video game involving it, and then we went into video games, and now we're coming back to the subject matter. Because Blade is back in the news again. Blade! And the most shocking part of this next story is a positive update. Positive (laughs) update about the Blade film. Now, don't get your hopes too high. It's not an in-depth update. It is just uh, Mahershala Ali, star of the titular, or sorry, the titular Blade himself. Yeah, Eric Brooks himself. Eric Brooks himself. Talking, he was giving an interview with Entertainment Weekly. Someone asked him about the Blade movie, and he said, quote, we're working on it. That's the best I could tell you. I'm really encouraged with the direction of the project. I think we'll be back at it relatively soon. Sincerely encouraged in terms of where things are at and who's on board and who's leading the way as far as the writing of the script and the directing and all that. So that's the extent of what I can tell you. So, Mahershala Ali, two-time Oscar winner, Mahershala Ali, starring as Blade, encouraged about the direction of the, uh, the movie. And that is good news, considering that there were reports that he was about to walk away from the movie. So discouraged about where it was going. Um, you might remember that this is the movie. It's on its second or third director. Um, has had multiple writers. And um, Steve, who's who's currently directing Blade? Uh, Jan Damage. Okay. I believe. I was hoping that would be your mispronunciation because I still hear <laughs> intrigued. I, that's why I, that's I, why it I may threw have it been, up to you. But... <laughs> Uh, Jan Damage, director of uh, episodes of Lovecraft Country, the HBO series. He's uh, currently in the director's chair, um, and he's going to be directing that movie with a, uh, with a script from Michael Green, who's the uh, person that wrote the script for Logan. Not a bad flick. No. Gotta say. I've heard of that one. Heard of that one. So, uh, Mahershala Ali clearly feeling good about uh, where Blade is headed, although... Uh, he says we'll be back at it soon, meaning I don't think they're currently back in production yet. I think they're still paused. Not necessarily because of the strike, but because of the director's change, the writer change that, you know, Michael Green's right. still probably banging out that script. Um, I really hope this movie happens. <laughs> and I hope it's really good. I really want a new Blade movie. Although... I guess, no, they did did say it's going to be rated R. So for a second, I was about to say, I feel like the MCU is going to kind of neuter it a little bit and be a little pull back a little bit. But no, they did say it was going to be rated R. So that that makes me feel encouraged about where it is. Um, Also that I know that one of my favorite actors currently in the whole world, Mia Goth, has been announced as being in this movie. So I'm very excited to see her in a Blade movie uh, as well. So... I don't know, Steve. Do you does this get you more excited, or you're just still waiting to see what happens about Blade? I'm this this kind of reinvigorated my yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I cut you. I asked you a question and immediately cut you off. <laughs> I, it's like I, it feels like every time we hear, it's just like 
the we're cruising along at a at an altitude and it's just like all right well it goes mildly negative and then mildly positive and then mildly negative yeah. and then mild it's like give me some, some something of substance and it's like the i guess the fact that mahershal is the one that's commenting on it is yeah. positive uh and yeah it's not kevin feige being hope. like everything's great right yeah um <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's that's definitely a benefit but yeah it's uh yeah. yeah i think this in conjunction with the announcement of the game is what made Fair. me realize like oh yeah no i really do want to see a blade movie that would be awesome they, i want to go revisit the snipes ones it's been a long time Dude, that first one and that first one is so good the i haven't seen the second one i remember too. the second one being good too yeah uh, Guillermo del Toro and all the weird mouth opening vampires. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. all I remember about that movie. But oh, the, sorry. the first ten I, for some reason Guillermo del Toro broke my brain. Yeah, out of nowhere, I did. I for some reason forgot watching Dial of Destiny last night that Antonio Banderas was in. Oh the, yeah. Like I, he just shows up on screen, and I'm like, "That's Antonio Banderas. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> Where did he come that he from? existed? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just forgot that he was remotely tied into the film, and like, yeah. Any of that? And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, wait, should I have known his character from an old indie? And then I'm like, I don't it's, think so. I think but... I said this. I think when I was reviewing it for the podcast, I mentioned how I was surprised that one, I forgot that he was in it, and two, he's like in it and then he's not in it. It's right. like a real, it's almost a cameo. Like he's barely in it. Yeah, he's in like like three, four scenes and then gone. It really made me think that that role was bigger and got like chopped down on the cutting room floor or something because like why yeah, cast or maybe Antonio they like Banderas cast him for, for something else and then we're like, oh well. Uh, we want to go here, but you take this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or he was like, or he's just the biggest Indiana Jones fan in the world. And right. it was like to his manager, like, yo, get me. Get me. I don't care what I'm doing. I want to Anto- be in that movie. Antonio Banderas <laughs> needs to get into Indy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Make it happen. I don't care. I'll be the guy that he, you know, like in Raiders, when you, the swordsman comes out and you think it's going to be an epic battle and he just shoots him. Yeah. He's like, I'll be the guy that he just shoots. I don't care. I want to be an Indiana Jones fan. Which I, I did, that. I did love the counter to that scene in the the not the boardroom, but like uh, where Indy starts oh, yeah. whipping everybody the whip around and everybody else pulls out their gun at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's a nice, nice kind of yeah. flip it on its head throwback. Way to throw it back, yeah. Yep. Hey, speaking of movies that, that one of us watched, too. another throwback, and one we talked about last week because I didn't know I... it existed. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to see it. I saw Godzilla Minus One because it's doing so well. It's getting such positive buzz and making so much money that it has lengthened its run at the box office. This is a uh, Japanese-made film. As Steve looked up last week, it was made for a measly $15 million. Um, I'm here to say you can't tell that it was only made $15 million and if you can make this movie with fifteen million dollars, then Steve, I know you and I have been saying this for a long time, but studios spending way too much money on movies, mm-hmm. way too much money on movies. There's no reason that a movie like Dial of Destiny should cost three hundred million dollars. If you can make Godzilla minus one with fifteen, because hot damn, this movie looks awesome. This movie's great. I'm not someone that has kept up with the Japanese Godzilla movies. I've seen some of them. I used to watch all the old ones when I was a kid. Oh yeah. I know they make new ones still. Um, haven't really kept up. 
I've been watching the MonsterVerse movies, the American versions. I like those, even though some of them are just dumb fun. Um, Wait, they're still but, making the old classic, like, in that vein, like, continuing along that line of... I mean, it's not a guy in a suit anymore, but they just, I mean, right. they make they make Japanese Godzilla movies for sure. And this is one of them. Like, this was subtitled, like, I was, we were reading the whole time. Yep. Um, and what I really liked about it is something that, it's not that I forgot, but, like, in the MonsterVerse movies, they are finding ways, increasingly difficult ways, to make the audience, like, feel okay rooting for Godzilla like yeah Godzilla's a giant monster that's destroying cities but there's this other monster that's way worse so we have to call Godzilla to defeat the right. worst monster so we can root for Godzilla Godzilla's kind of the hero of this movie really if you think about it like that I feel like the monster versus movies kind of like bending over backwards to do that and it was a lot of fun just seeing like oh a movie just seeing a movie that was like oh Godzilla no he he's a giant monster and we need to destroy him. We need to kill him because he's killing thousands of people (laughs) every time he sets foot on land, Uh, which is true. Um, And it was cool. It was really, really cool to see that. Uh, The effects were great. Like I said, CGI was excellent. It's the best human story I've ever seen in any Godzilla movie, American or Japanese or whatever. Like I was, the protagonist is a very interesting backstory, very compelling story. Um, I felt very interested in why he why he had a specific personal grudge against <laughs> Godzilla and um, kind of like his journey. Like this is a minor spoiler, but he's like losing his mind at one point for like various for like good reason. Like right. his, he's set up to like kind of be like, I can't take this anymore. And screaming into the unknown um which is really good it was just cool like seeing scenes of like people standing around a table being like how can we destroy this thing we that we he's coming there's nothing we he's going to show up we need to do something and coming up with like a plan and it's a good plan like it's just creative it's stuff that i've never seen before nice. um i was riveted and again the effects look great for being 15 million the design of godzilla I feel like this must have been intentional. It's clearly, it's a CGI character. It's not like a guy in a suit, but it's kind of modeled and made to look similar to when it used to be a guy in a suit. Like they give him like, right. they don't worry about making like his eyes, like reptilian eyes. Like I feel like the MonsterVerse movies does. Like it just looks kind of like human eyes, which was distinction of the old rubber suit costume. So it kind of looks, it invokes that. Um, look of the old original movies. Also, the score is very evocative of the original Godzilla okay. uh, movies, so it kind of brings you back there. Also, a big Jaws influence. Jaws is like my favorite movie ever, so there's literally a scene where there's people on a small boat trying to get away from a giant Godzilla that's chasing them with its, excuse me, with its mouth wide open. I was like, oh, this is straight out of Jaws. It's great. <laughs> um, So, yeah. Godzilla minus one. If you don't mind reading subtitles, go check it out. Uh, it's definitely worth watching. Again, effects are great. Really fun. Um, you know, it's just a fun kaiju movie. Fun giant monster movies. Nice. Yeah, go I, check I it out. want to check that out at some point. Uh, don't yeah. know if I'll make it to the theater, depending on how long the run is, because uh, December is stupid. Um, yeah. As far so as busy. busyness. Uh, I did look up uh, the Godzilla franchise. Um, there. There are 
38 movies in the Godzilla franchise, including Ooh. the including the American options, uh, and that yeah. also includes the 1998 uh, Godzilla. Matthew Broderick. Uh, was that Oof. that one? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yikes. Yep, that was the thing. Great soundtrack, though. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> was that uh, Rage Against the Machines No Shelter cover? Was on yep, that? No Shelter is on there. Uh, Foo Fighters are on there. Green yep. Day is on Ben Folds 5 is on there. Just a who's who of anyone around 1998. Oh, yeah. yeah. Puff Daddy sampling Led Zeppelin's cashmere. Sampling Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. But yeah, the I, I went back to look at the old classic ones and um, which ones I remembered, like Mothra versus Godzilla and Ghidorah, yep. the three-headed monster. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a ton of them. Godzilla, the original Kong versus the original. Godzilla. Yep. Uh, Godzilla Raids Again, which I did not remember. I looked up uh, the antagonist was Anguirus, which looks like a Ankylosaurus with spikes and a T-Rex head. Kind of funky. Uh, Awesome. So yeah, the the kaiju are always uh, hilariously amazing. Godzilla. I did the same. I did the same thing. Yeah, Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, I did the same thing when I came home. Was like looked up the film like the godzilla's filmography right and i was Which like how many of these have i seen because a lot of them like bleed together for me because i saw them when i was so young so long oh, ago yeah. and i was like there was, was a the stretch, was it just TNT? fights mothra but then mothra comes back in another one so like which yeah. one am i thinking of i don't really know it yeah there's a stretch, all monsters uh oh mothra comes back in uh Ghidorah and ibira the horror sure. of the deep um of course that was the lobster ass looking one that came oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh i know some of these i saw like on mystery science theater also so oh, yeah. i don't know if i watched them outright or just watched them on mystery science I think theater tnt there was like one summer where i remember tnt playing the hell out of old godzilla movies or something like that yeah and i'm like yep. yeah this is not good but i'm watching it and i'm really it enjoying a, for it for me it was like a classic like rainy sunday or saturday yeah, afternoon yep. like nothing's on except a bunch of old godzilla movies and so we're watching might as well that's what we're doing today yeah great just great Ooh, son of um, godzilla. that's right uh speaking of movies and it being december steve i almost forgot aquaman 2 comes out this month december oh, yeah. 22nd i already forgot aquaman and the lost kingdom yeah can't wait yep can't wait i kind of forgot it's not I feel like there should be more promotion around that movie. Like, why aren't they? Probably because they know that it's no pun intended, dead in the water, most likely. Um, yeah, like, there's no point in pumping pumping into that uh, that budget. The end of the DCEU, yeah. Right. It's like, we'll throw this out there. But if that's the case, why don't you just Batgirl it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's nothing... probably contractual. It's probably it's too far... It's already made, like, I don't know. The first one made a billion, that's, the first one made a billion dollars. So did the first Ms. Marvel, or Captain Marvel. Well, yeah, but they didn't shelve the Marvels. You know, like, they're not going to shelve a sequel to a movie that made a billion dollars. They're just not. Yeah. They're just not. But I think you should promote it a little bit more. You would, you would think at least something. You would think. You would think. I mean, I know they have. There's, like, a new TV spot, which is why I you know, remember that it was happening. But anyway, uh, do you have a comic book to review tonight? I do. Do you? All right. I do, but uh, yeah, I do. You want to go first? Sure. 
I have what you got. Eden Frost. Ooh. Say Mad Cave. What, what is this? Mad Cave comic uh indie from uh writer Amit Tischler, uh Bruno Fendra on pencils and Taylor Esposito on colors. Um a tale of a brother and sister who are effectively running away during the uh in Ukraine during the Russian Revolution. Um, okay. That they're running away from what was a massacre in a village caused by stone golems that they don't know what happened and they're the only two survivors. Um, and the Russians are coming after them. And that's about all we know. Uh, hmm. And it ends with the kids at gunpoint uh, from the owner of whoever the property they're on is. Um, overall, I really, uh, really enjoy the art style, which I wasn't sure I was going to when Jesse gave it to me. Um, yeah. it's a little, I'm, I'm thumbing through it instead of showing you these things. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it, it isn't something that normally I would gravitate towards art wise, but it mm -hmm. does, it seems to work very well for the story. Um, they seem to put enough meat on the bone and have enough um, enough to tie you back into the story they're trying to tell. Um, very generic first issue as far as where it goes and the cliffhanger it leads you on, but there's enough breadcrumbs yeah. that you're like, I wonder where this is going to go. Uh, I can nice. say of the two or three things that Jesse's given me from Mad Cave, it's uh, it's definitely my favorite of them. Um, enough oh, cool. so that I might be, you know, might be looking at picking up number two. Uh, there is also a uh, a nice Q and A in the the back of it with Amit Tischler, the uh, the writer, um, uh, Tel Aviv native, moved to LA. A uh, lot of symbolism in his writing. There's um, there's some very uh, it's a it's a very informative interview as, and gives you a little more insight as to where the the story came from and all that. So it's uh, awesome. It's been very you know i guess a little little manga inspired but not um not a manga i'm just okay. gonna, i'm going to do the uh han solo han solo thing and just pronounce yeah. it every way uh since i <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. don't particularly know how to pronounce things um yeah so yeah uh overall solid book uh would definitely take a look at it they have it down at funky town comics and vinyl um check the comic section for this one not the vinyl section if you look <laughs> in the vinyl you're not going to find it um, no but yeah not at all. uh definitely worth taking a look at if you're uh you're interested at all awesome cool um i'll be reviewing tonight a book written by jeff parker with art by michelle bandy color by alex sinclair this is issue one of batman santa claus Silent Night, K-I-N-G-T, <laughs> Night. Um, this was a book that I picked up myself uh, because this was the canonical, canonical establishment of the fact that Batman, Bruce Wayne, once went to train when he was uh, studying abroad to train uh, with, you know, League of Assassins and other people to become eventually Batman. One of those uh, masters that he trained with was Chris Kringle himself, Santa Claus, um, and bringing Santa Claus back into the DC universe in a canonical way. 
I had no idea what this book was going to be like. I thought it was great. I yes. thought it was really good. Um, it uh, it has its own kind of version of Santa Claus, which I think is smart. It's not just like a jolly Batman showing up, going ho ho ho, and bringing presents to people. They uh, their their version of Santa Claus is more is that he is like a Norse god that uh, okay. centuries ago was kind of uh, they kind of they describe it real quick. Um, centuries ago was like kind of marooned in our realm or okay. on our earth and became more or less the Santa Claus that we know. Like every time he meets somebody, he uh, he says he knows the name, he knows their name immediately and the home that they grew up in, like yeah. that he used to deliver toys to, um, which I think is a funny detail. He's like, oh, like Zatanna makes a, a cameo appearance in this issue. There she is looking all Zutani. festive with her cape and a little uh, mistletoe in her hat. Um, and, uh, you know, she encounters Santa Claus for the first time. He looks at her and says, ah, Zatanna Zatara, uh, 1964 Fox Hawk Lane. Uh, like immediately knows her address, which is like a funny little detail. Uh, anyway, I like it a lot. And there's there are there's like weird bat creatures that are murdering people in Gotham City. So it's because just because Santa Claus is in it, it's not like a super light, right. kid friendly tale. Like it's still, uh, you know, PG thirteen book for sure. And uh, Santa is teaming up with <laughs> Batman and Zatanna to figure out the cause of where these bat creatures are coming from. Nightwing, Batgirl, and Robin also make uh, uh, appearances in the book. I really like, this is like a weird thing, but, and maybe it's because I haven't been reading a Batman and Robin book time, but, and I know this is not the team that is writing the current Batman and Robin book, but I really like the way Robin is drawn in this book. Like, like in this, this page here where he's like hanging upside down while he's having a conversation like that to me is just like quintessential, yeah. like Dick Grayson, Robin, this is Damien obviously, but like, I don't know, just like, it's a, that's a great character beat for someone that's wearing mm. the Robin yeah. emblem. I don't know. I liked it a lot. And they're, you know, little things like they're wearing, they're using ropes instead of grapple guns and stuff. Like, I don't know, just cool Batman stuff that I liked a lot. Um, uh, spoiler alert for the last for the end of this issue, but they do figure out that maybe this is a spoiler, maybe it's not because you don't really know how they get there, but uh, the main villain of this series is is likely uh, Krampus. Krampus seems to be the, uh, the villain behind the, the murders. Um, and um, I'm definitely going to pick up issue two of this book just because nice. it's fun and I'm in the mood for Christmas. And this book is coming out weekly. Uh, when they announced that it was coming out in the end of December, I thought, I mean, good timing for issue one, but like, who's going to care about it by issue four if it's, you know, February <laughs> by the time the last issue comes out? But no, this is one of those books that are doing specifically for Christmas. Issue two comes out this week. Issue one is still in store, so you can easily pick this one up and grab issue two. Yep. Um, and then issue three and issue four, just in time for Christmas. And you can have yourself a little superhero Christmas story. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun and cool and not as... The the tone of it is is not as goofy and it makes more sense than you think it's gonna make. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could say it that way. Nice. So yeah, yeah. glad they big fan. Glad, glad that actually worked out because I know you were pretty pumped about that when it was announced. Of like, what it just is was this? such an insane idea. Yeah, but like immediately the way that they handle it. Oh, this is not as insane as I thought it was gonna be. 
Because he even mentioned, Sam even mentioned something in the book about um, how, like, oh, Christmas hasn't needed me to be involved in it in centuries. It's been centuries since I've actually been involved in Christmas. He doesn't elaborate on what he means by that, but, like, he's not necessarily the guy that's making toys at the North Pole. Yeah. Um, you know, he's more of just a guy riding around on a, a reindeer with a crossbow, which is pretty badass. Yeah, cool. Speaking of comics, what else? It's going to be in your local comic book store this week. Let us tell you. You got your Action Comics number 1060, American Psycho number 2, Batman 428, Robin Lives. This is a one-shot depicting an alternate universe in which Jason Todd survived being beaten to death and blown up by the Joker all those years ago. So like it's kind of oh. like a what-if version, like a one-shot. What if Jason had survived? Pretty cool. Might have to check that out. You may have to Batman get that and from, Robin, uh, one of our one of our that? friends, one of our friends who finally, finally now knows that Jason Todd has come back from the dead. Uh, it's a friend of ours, Kate. Shout out if you're listening. Um, who over a year ago told me she wanted to get into comic books, so I started started her with Batman Year One. She knew nothing. Yep. She didn't know that there was more than one Robin. She didn't know anything about. She didn't know Jason Todd died. She didn't know Jason Todd. She didn't know Dick Grayson was replaced. She just didn't know anything. Yeah. Between the two so, of us, we've sent her on quite the wild comic ride at this point. <laughs> quite the journey. Yeah. And she liked Jason. Of the stuff that I gave her, she loved Jason and was so mad that he died and doesn't like Tim because he's Jason's Jason. replacement. Yeah. So mad. I was like, I'm going to get just hold on. Like, I didn't say, say anything. I was just like, get you there gonna get you there he's coming back finally she read volume one of under the red that he's back in business so it's actually a probably good pickup for her kate if you're listening you should buy batman 428 robin lit <laughs> uh batman and robin number four batman gargoyle of gotham number two batman santa claus silent night number two as aforementioned number one just came out last week uh, lots of Batman going on this week. Uh, Birds of Prey Uncovered, number one. Not sure what that is. Blade, number six. Captain America, number four. Danger Street, number 12. The final issue of Tom King's Danger Street uh, series. Daredevil Gang War, number one. DC's Twas the Might Before Christmas. I can only imagine that is their yearly holiday anthology series with a focus on Batmite, possibly. Detective Comics, number 1079, Green Lantern, number 6, Guardians of the Galaxy, number 9, House of Slaughter, number 20, Luke Cage, Gang War, number 2, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number 13, Moon Knight, number 30, Punisher, number 2, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Killer Santa, number 1. Okay. I don't know. Is this based on the horror movie series, Silent Night, Deadly Night? Or is it just a clever name or stealing that clever name? I don't know. Was that the one that David Harbour was in? No, David Harbour was in one called. Mm, I don't remember what it was called. No, what? Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, is like from the 70s or something. It's like an old slasher movie that's, they're not very good. They're not very good. David Harbour was in. Violent Night. No. What's that? Violent Night. Violent Night. Yes. So many Silent Night puns. <laughs> Apparently. Wild. Uh, it's also a movie from the late '90s, early two, early 2000s, called Santa's Slay, S-L-A-Y, which mm. is a, a funny horror comedy. Um, 
Spider Gwen. <laughs> not. I'm gonna stop talking about Christmas horror movies. Spider Gwen Smash number one. Star Wars Bounty Hunters number forty one. Superman Lost number nine. Sorry, I'm laughing before I say the title of this next one. The Three Stooges versus Cthulhu. Number one. Sure. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about that. But if <laughs> I would love to look at that book. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Jesse, which one of us is reviewing that for next week? <laughs> Jesse, if you have the Three Stooges versus Cthulhu, please give one of us a copy of that book to review. <laughs> I can't. I just I need to see what that is about. Uh, Titans Beast Wars number two, Waller versus Wildstorm number four, Wesley Dodds the Sandman number three, Wheel of Time the Great Hunt number two, White Widow number two, X Men Red number eighteen. Steve, I feel like a lot of uh, characters we have mentioned on this show have comic books coming this week, like this episode of this show specifically. Yeah. Like yeah. we've talked about Batman, we've talked about Blade, we've talked about Daredevil, we've talked about. We've mentioned Green Lantern. We've talked about Moon Knight. We've talked about uh, Superman. So many. Uh, we, uh, Wheel of Time. X-Men. So many of these uh, characters we've talked about. Are you uh, pulling any of these books? Is there anything on your pull list this week that you're looking for, looking forward to? No. There's nothing on there that's on my pull list, is there? Uh-huh. Oh, X-Men Red. X-Men Red. But beyond that, uh, I was very excited about Gang War, uh, ASM gang war one yeah you like that spider-man one yeah uh but i i have one crossover that i'm still working on i know uh, a friend of the pod brian reynolds or rollins jesus every time yeah i work with every a guy every time well i work with a guy named brian reynolds so it keeps oh, throwing okay. me off um yeah. but i know brian's pulling the gang war and apologies brian for butchering your last name for the second week in a row um <laughs> but yeah uh apparently two rave reviews so uh, there's already been a, a good now. I think a uh, Luke Cage, a Spider Woman, and the Amazing Spider Man that uh, I read last week, uh, as well as nice. Daredevil this week, and I think another ASM thirty nine, uh, like a mainline Spider Man that's uh, nice. going to be coming out or came out this week. So cool. uh, it's already filling up, uh, filling up pretty quick. So uh, nice. Apparently, a pretty solid. Uh, Solid crossover, though. Awesome. Cool, cool. Um, I'm probably going to pick up that uh, Robin Lives issue just because yep. I want to see what would have been. Uh, Birds of Prey Uncovered. I'm not sure what that is, but if it's tied into the current Birds of Prey run, I'm down. Um, it might be like a... I feel like sometimes they do, if there's a new series that they're trying to get more people into... They release like after the first like two or three books have come out, they'll release like a double issue of like issues one and two together to try to like get more eyes on it or whatever. So if that's it, I don't need it. But if it's something other than that, I'm definitely going to pick it up because Birds of Prey Run has been excellent, just visually stunning. And the story has been great the whole time. Um, I am a fan. I'm a sucker for the uh, holiday uh, anthologies. Like DC does like a Halloween or a Christmas one like this Twas the might before Christmas. Like it's going to be hard for me not to buy that, even though I feel like I'll buy it. I will read half of it and then give up. Um, I don't know. I just get in like, you know, I'm a holiday guy. I get in the mood for something and then, you know, marketing works on me, (laughs) I guess I should say. Fair enough. So and obviously the aforementioned Three Stooges versus Cthulhu. 
I just can't imagine what that is at all. I and, have no idea. And and how how that how how a versus like that lasts for more than ten seconds is uh wild. It <laughs> would be wild. So I guess we'll see. Or maybe we never will. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Steve, yep. we got one one shot tonight. It's a bit of a bummer. Star Wars fans, brace yourselves. This is a bit of a bummer for news. Yep. Steve. Gird, gird your loins. And or season hit two. Hit us with this one shot. Everybody is excited for Andor Season 2. Andor Season 1 was a smash hit. Uh, Possibly, I believe both of us dubbed it the best, at the time, the best Star Wars since the original trilogy. Um, Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Season 2 for Andor has officially been pushed back to 2025. Uh, It was supposed to originally come out in 24. I believe late-ish 24 was the rumor. Yeah, Um, summer-ish, I think. Yeah, so because of the strikes, uh, Acolyte and Skeleton Crew are on target, but Andor is not. Bummer. Yep. That's a bummer. But as I mentioned with the uh, Suicide Squad game, I'd rather it be done and done correctly, especially something like Andor, which, yeah. you know, I like you just said, I thought was top tier Star Wars. So I'd rather you take the time to make it right rather than rush and deliver me a subpar um, sequel series. So take your time. Take your time, Tony Gilroy and uh, crew. Uh, I am pumped about the Acolyte and Skeleton crew, though. You get two Star Wars shows in 2024. Yeah. Yeah, it should be good. Can't and hopefully more either. information on a movie. Point. Yeah, I believe. Because so. didn't the... Uh, there was a, a rumor going around that filming was going to start in April, and that got debunked, so we're back to... Oh, nothing. yeah, yeah. That's right. That went around this week, didn't it? Yep. So yeah. That, that went around uh, strong enough to get us excited to put it on the rundown, and then quickly went away quick enough to not even think about it yeah i did see uh i follow daisy ridley on instagram she posted a couple uh workout stories instagram stories of her in the gym working out and i was like ooh, she's working out to getting into some ray shape Um, (laughs) that makes me excited there you go that makes me excited um but yeah acolyte and skeleton crew two shows we know barely anything about I think I think that's I think that's going to be really exciting because I don't think there's been a Star Wars project. I'm trying to think of. Are the Acolyte and Skeleton crew the first Star Wars projects? Bar none. Maybe you could say Rebels, but that we know nothing about that, like they're not connected to as far as we know, they're not connected to existing characters. They're not connected to existing Films are not sequels to any specific entry in the franchise. They're not prequels to any specific entry in the franchise. They are unknown. Wild space. As far as visual medium, yes. I think there may be some loose ties for High Republic end of things for Acolyte. But yeah, I think it's the first... uh, First yeah, I was general, thinking movie. Market, I was thinking not, other live action movies and shows. Yeah, like not cartoons. crazy people like me. Uh, tie in, yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah, like Rebels, you could kind of put in there because like it takes place in a similar time frame, but it wasn't sequelizing Clone Wars or prequelizing anything specific. And right, there's I mean, characters there wasn't that we know even, that show up. Right, there wasn't even direct tie until season two. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So, other than that, this is the first live action stuff that I feel like is just wild, wide open space here. Makes so, me excited. Makes me very excited. Like, I don't have to know anything to go right. into either of these shows. No, that's it. You know, most anything that we would need to know, I feel like the two of us would know. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. I said we will know, and I'm sure that they'll, they'll certainly probably reference things that, we do know, but as far as characters and storylines, it's brand new, and I'm excited about it. There you go. Um, but I think that's it. I think that's all we got. Steve, you got anything else to talk about no, this week? No, I think uh, I think we've hit all the the key buttons for the evening. Um, I'm if, done and done. Yeah. If you would like to hit buttons on your end, please feel free to use the like and subscribe buttons on YouTube uh, or your please. podcatcher of choice. Uh, if you are on Apple Podcasts or the like, feel free to leave a wonderful review for us. Um, hell, even leave us a half-assed review. We don't care. Uh, leave us some sort of review. We prefer the wonderful ones, but you know, whatever review. As long as the star number is five, I don't care what you say. Uh, That's right. And <laughs> if it's five stars. Again, we'll read it on the podcast and give you full credit for it. You could be famous. Yeah, maybe. Have your name read on our podcast. What? Yeah. Along the, the lines of currently like four other guests. <laughs> yeah. So. And uh, look how far they've gone. They've gotten a, a big publicity bump. When you appear on the Multiverse Report, your stock shoots to the roof. Just ask yep. Simon Burks. New York Times bestseller now. After his right. own he, wa report. he wasn't before at all. Oh, wait. No, he was. Damn. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit, we, we can't take credit for that. Shit. We may have hurt him. Uh, not really. But, uh, but yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, check us out on socials. The Multiverse Report. Uh, Multiverse RPT on the old thing that we don't check anymore. Um, I think that's only Twitter, and we're not on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, that that's why I was like, ah, and, out of habit. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah. No, I'd say uh, get a hold of us, and we'll be talking to you in your ear holes. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that'll happen next Sunday, unless something unforeseen happens. And until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse. <laughs>